I'm Jamie Lewis, a food and drink writer based in San Luis Obispo, California. And this is Consumed, a podcast about eaters, drinkers, makers, and thinkers across California and at its heart, the Central Coast. Thank you for listening. Consumed is sponsored by my friends at Slow Life Magazine. I remember when Slow Life first came out, it was a skinny but mighty magazine intent on sharing the stories of people who live, work, play, and give in San Luis Obispo. Today, the magazine is no longer skinny at all. It packs loads of interviews, information, inspiring stories, and my food column, which covers dining trends up and down the coast. Find Slow Life in your mailbox every other month by subscribing at slowlifemagazine.com. Fig Good Food is a small but mighty eatery whose original location in Atascadero, California, attracted lovers of wholesome, rustic cuisine. But a chance encounter brought together Fig's owner, Chris Dillo, with Carrie Sanders, the director of a nearby nonprofit resource center called Courtney's House, which serves adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Soon after they met, the two combined their businesses to found Fig at Courtney's House, a breakfast and lunch spot that provides vocational and employment opportunities for adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities, helping them find and celebrate their strengths. At the restaurant, members of the program work the front and back of the house, learning life and work skills, enjoying camaraderie, and truly delicious food, all in the beautiful setting of a Victorian home overlooking Templeton's leafy town green. I sat down with Chris Dillo and Evan Tui, a young man who started as an intern at the restaurant and is now on full-time staff. We talked about pushing past our comfort zones, serving way more than just good food, and about Evan's favorite chef, Gordon Ramsay. Don't forget to try Chris's recipe for vegetable pod thai posted on the Consumed website. Okay, here are Chris Dillo and Evan Tui. So Evan Tui and Chris Dillo, thank you so much for coming coming to my house. We're happy to be here. Yeah, I'm happy to have you. So I was just telling you that I've never dined at Courtney's house, um, but I ate at Penny's, the place that occupied that same space forever ago. Penny's on the manse. And it's the most beautiful spot. It's a very unique spot. Yes. It's a historic Victorian home in Templeton. Yeah. Right on the park. With that gorgeous patio or yes. um, wraparound wrap porch. Wraparound porch, right. Yeah. Overlooking the farmer's market on Saturday mornings. Mm. Pretty special. Yeah. Lots of people walking the neighborhood and riding bikes, a lot like here. Yeah. But Templeton's pretty special. It is. There's and something special about We have those spot. magnificent oak trees in our front yard as well. So just mm. pretty perfect. It actually. is. It is. And so we were talking a little bit about the the change to Courtney's house and how that came about and what's the genesis of um, Fig at Courtney's house? So my partner, Carrie, uh, she and her husband bought Courtney's house, the property, to establish a safe, supportive environment for their daughter, Courtney, transitioning from high school out into the you know big world. So Courtney has intellectual and developmental disabilities. Um, She is an amazing young lady. We've really got to see her blossom there. Um, We'll get more into that, I'm sure, as as we talk. But anyway, so in 2012, Greg and Carrie Sanders bought the property and started the nonprofit 
Courtney's house Mm -hmm. and encouraged people transitioning from high school to come in and do social hours and and do, you know, just hang out and have a place Mm -hmm. to be themselves. That's a pretty cool spot to do that in, too. And so then when did the restaurant become part of that? So Carrie fielded lots of questions from parents over the couple years she was there about vocational opportunities. So they started planning a cafe, more of a coffee house style cafe, um, put the word out, uh, had a, a couple mishaps with people. It didn't really pan out. And actually Carrie was pretty much giving up the idea of doing that when mm-hmm. she met me. So I had fig good food in a Tascadero on traffic way and I was playing hooky from work one day. I was going to Paso, and I decided to take the back roads. It just drew me in. It was a beautiful spring day. And so I thought, I'm going to stop at that little nursery, Finley Family Farms. Mm-hmm. I had never been there. And so I just made a quick decision to stop. And I met Carrie in the parking lot there while I was loading the plants into my trunk. And she was just pulling up. So pretty serendipitous meeting. Yeah. The young lady that owns the nursery, her name is Jamie, and she said, Carrie, you've got to come over here and meet Chris. She has Fig and a Tascadero. And when she told me her proposal, and it was such a beautiful vision, um, I said yes pretty much on the spot. That is so cool. And were you already wanting to move? Was there already kind of a feeling that you, Fig Good Food, wanted to change? Well, you know, not really. A lot of people had asked us when we were going to expand. So I always had that in my mind. We were in a 700 square foot building with four tables inside and a nice picnic table in the back. And that was it. Such a cute spot. It was cute. And a gnarly roast chicken. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) I'm glad you remember that. Oh, I don't forget. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So anyway, um, I, I attempted to have both places. It, that lasted about six months. But, you know, the, the nonprofit end was just so challenging yeah. uh, on learning that side of the business coming from the for-profit world. So anyway, the move was fantastic. Um, my heart uh, is full every day that I go to work, just getting to help people and work with people and watch them grow. And I'm sure as a teacher, you know that too. It's, well, it's, there's nothing better. Yeah. There's nothing better than seeing people grow. And how cool, I mean, I don't think most restaurateurs get that chance. No, and I think a lot of my early um, plan was to find something with a little more meaning. I've been in the restaurant business since I was 13. That's a lot of years. Wow. Yeah. My parents owned a restaurant in Cambria, I've owned, I think this is my fourth restaurant. Um, nerves of steel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I do have nerves of steel. <laughs> I didn't know this is your fourth restaurant. Yeah. yeah. So my first restaurant I opened in the town of Harmony on my 23rd birthday it was called the Harmony Pasta Factory. Aww. And I just jumped in. I That's kind of my style. It's just, let's do it. Let's mm. Otherwise, you talk yourself out of it. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, Evan, you've been with um, Courtney's house for how long? Uh, I first started working there as an intern back in May 2019. Mm-hmm. 
And then just a few weeks ago, they offered me a full-time position. Paid position. Paid and position. that's just a few weeks ago. Nice. Yeah. We hired him onto our staff. Yeah. That's awesome. So what do you do now? Now I am currently working in the kitchen because mm-hmm. it is my dream career to become a chef. It is. You're in the right place, I think. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. I was actually inspired by Gordon Ramsay. Oh, do you get angry like Gordon? <laughs> no, no, that's I not doubt. my nature. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt that. He's a fire, fiery guy. Yeah. yeah. So what do you, um, now that you're full time, are you in the kitchen the whole time? Or are you out in the, in the house on the floor? Or? Yes. Most of my days I am in the kitchen, but I am like in the house actually serving on Thursdays with a new mm-hmm. schedule, new hours. And what do you, since you've been there, how have things changed for you? How have you grown? I guess since I first started working there, I feel like I've grown a little more on the social side. Mm -hmm. Because before coming here, I wasn't really too sure how to approach people and how to start conversations. Mm -hmm. But I think this has really helped change that. Because you interact with people all the time, I'm sure. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I can't think of a much more interactive place than the back of house for a kitchen. Yeah. You know, where you have to turn things out on time. It has to be safe. It has to be clean. clean. Yeah. Have to follow recipes. There's a lot to it. Yeah. But really, you started as host. We generally like to bring interns in, try them in different positions, see what sticks. Mm Mm-hmm. Evan kept saying, I really want to be a chef someday. And we kept putting him out front because he's so friendly and that smile. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So people really do enjoy talking to him. Yeah. But we definitely heard him finally and put him in the kitchen. But you're saying you're going to serve one day a week. Yes, one day a week. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. You could. They know a good thing when they've got it, I'm sure, in terms of front of house is a huge yeah, skill set too. Really, my style of management has always been the cross training, not having that solid line between front of the house and back of the house. Mm-hmm. Even at the little fig, the servers were making salads and helping prep food. And it just, I think it helps for teamwork yeah. in the end if everybody knows a little bit more about all the positions. Yeah. Yeah. And then on, days when somebody's sick, you can always find a way to fill them in. Yeah. So in the kitchen, what's your favorite thing to do? Or do you like prep or do you, what, what's your favorite piece Um, of that? Right now they're having me going back and forth between doing prep and taking care of any dishwashing. If there's nothing else to do. Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've been down a dishwasher. She broke her wrist pretty badly and Mm -hmm. so evan pretty much got thrown into what we call the dish pit and he's been a real trooper nobody really wants to be back there doing dishes (laughs) so but you're you're getting some prep time in too i think you made fig chutney the other day yes i made fig chutney uh chimichurri aioli i have prepped or cut potatoes mm-hmm. plenty of times. Mm-hmm. Shredded chicken. So I've done quite a bit back there. And yeah. our chef, Taryn, had a 
timer on you the other day because she was like, Evan, you're taking your time back there. She calls it kitchen boot camp. <laughs> yeah, and it is, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Evan, where did you grow up? Are you Templeton guy? Uh, I actually grew up in Keene City. Okay. A small, really small town in the Salinas area. Mm-hmm. I've been there since... I was four and a half, I want to say, mm-hmm. and that is where I graduated from high school. Mm-hmm. And what did you think you wanted to do? Was it something food-related when you were in high school? <laughs> <laughs> That's a funny question because, you know, little kids, they'll be like, I want to be an astronaut. I want to <laughs> be this. I want to be that. And I'm over my little five-year-old stuff like i want to be a janitor <laughs> or a bus driver oh well those are very necessary roles very. for sure yeah well and look so you're in the kitchen now yes and do you still live in king city i currently live in templeton actually. you are okay. yeah just down the street from fig okay cool yeah very evan's cool. sister worked for us for quite a few years okay so that's how we met evan mm-hmm it's and a family our, thing. Our program spoke to her, and uh, she was a job coach and a server, and has since moved on to um, where, where is she working? The food bank or something? Uh, she's working at the homeless shelter here in Slow. Oh, yes. That is such a beautiful facility. Slow Cap, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, with the recipes from Fig, did you bring a lot of those over? Yes. Or, okay, you yeah. didn't create a whole new no. set of recipes, okay? No. And so much of that is, when I think of what you had at Fig, it was rustic, um, um, very, like, vegetable-forward, yes. grain-forward kinds of For things. Sure. Yeah. Like, I love ratatouille. I can't yeah. wait till summer. Or actually, it's been more like fall for the tomatoes lately. Yeah. Right. So, um, roasted chicken and ratatouille, that was the big seller at the traffic way spot. Mm -hmm. I would say now it's more breakfast oriented. Mm -hmm. Uh, We don't do dinners, Uh, maybe in our future or some special events for dinners. Mm -hmm. You can book a private party with us. Um, Interns come and help with that. It's pretty cool. And uh, lunch, of course, is fabulous. But breakfast is really our big seller. Yeah. Harissa hash, right? That's on your list. Yes, that's actually one of my top Harissa five. Hash? The Harissa hash, yeah. Oh my gosh, is it so spicy? It's pretty spicy. Yeah, good. Yeah, but it's a it's a good spicy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a sneak up on you, spicy <laughs> for sure. <Yes. laughs> Do you like spicy food, Evan? Uh, not much, but this is an exception. And what makes it an exception? I don't really know how. It's just so good. There's no way to describe it. Yeah. Veggies and sweet, kind of on the sweet side. I think it's all those special herbs and spices that are cooked into that chili sauce. Yeah. Do you all um, buy from the Templeton Farmer's Market? We do. Yeah. Yeah. And so a lot of the stuff is local then, I'm guessing. Yeah, most of it. Um, I shop every day, or my husband does, so Mm -hmm. that keeps everything fresh. Um, And especially like spring mix and the things that tend to wane after a long yeah. day, you know, we, we buy it every day. So, uh, one of the farms we're using is Robin's song. Mm-hmm. And I 
met them when I had the traffic way location. And it just so happens that Brandon is Courtney's brother. I did not make that connection when oh. I was first started shopping with him. Yeah. So, um, that's another one of those just beautiful serendipitous parts of the story. Mm. So that can only happen in a small area too. Yeah. yeah. And then we use Templeton Valley farms. Yes. I love them. Mm-hmm. Trina and yeah, Trina. Yeah. Where did you grow up, Chris? Uh, Cambria, LA to Cambria in high school. That's a pretty big change. It was a huge change. Yeah. yeah. What, we, we were driving, um, as a family up to Big Sur for a week and then we pulled off in Cambria and my mom just fell in love with that. It was 1200 people at the time. Oh my gosh. 76 or seven, something like that. Um, and then they found this little restaurant for sale and they bought it and we moved. And it which was, was that? Well, it's where the sow's ear is now. Oh yeah. So my husband and I were married in that building. I mean, I am a restaurant through and you through. You really are. Yeah. <laughs> I really that am. That cozy little place with the fireplace inside. Yeah. 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 What kind of stuff did your parents serve? Uh, it was called Cafe Portavia, mm-hmm. and it was a little Italian restaurant, mostly pizza when we took over. It had sawdust on the floor and this mm-hmm. funky um, wood-burning stove made out of tire rims that would never pass the <laughs> codes these days. <laughs> But it was just the funkiest little hippie spot that you could ever imagine. And then over the years, they upgraded it and made it a little dinner house. Yeah. So, And you got your your legs there. For sure. And other jobs. I worked grocery stores in high school at the Cookie Crock. And oh, yeah. I was a worker. Yeah. Yeah. And this is such a different, a different manifestation of all of that. It's amazing manifestation of that. My uncle was Down syndrome. He lived to be in his late 60s, which is pretty unusual. I was totally inspired by the fact that he loved his job. Hmm. And he worked at NCI in Paso. And he just loved his job. What is NCI? um, North County Industries. They run Achievement House. Oh, yeah, of course. You know, they're a big vocational training center in the county. Um. But not everybody fits that, you know, work mold. Mm-hmm. Some people thrive in a smaller environment, and I think that's what Courtney's house provides. And mm-hmm. Fig provides just amazing one-on-one support for people. Like, Evan, I think you probably were given skills to host and smile and talk to people when you first started, right? You were given, like, lists on how how yeah. to do your job and yeah and then i guess after a couple of days it just started going autopilot like yeah well sometimes it, you have to be forced out of your comfort zone to be able it's sink or swim sometimes I'm all, sure. of, I mean, all of us do yeah, yeah. That pretty much normal in every yeah. occasion absolutely yeah <laughs> it was not easy for me to start this it was very much outside my comfort zone to use technology and to invite people into my home so regularly. And and now it's so great because I get to meet people like you. I get to have you over. Um, and I, I mean, I'm okay on a microphone, but nobody comes at, no one is born ready to be on a mic. It takes time. No and um, Yeah. So everybody is forced out of their comfort zone from time to time. Yeah. Um, 
Well, and so Evan, in what other ways have you been pushed or have you pushed yourself through working at um, Courtney's house? I mean, I guess you're used to doing one thing and then you're assigned a new position and you're relearning everything again and just new roles. Yeah. New roles, new skills, new skills, definitely. And it's not all that bad as long as you have like people there to give you that small push that you need. How do the job coaches fit into your day when, with that in mind? With that in mind, they're there to give me like new tips on how to do one thing, advice, and if I do make mistakes, which is inevitable, mm-hmm. then they're there to help me pick up on that and to improve. Yeah. And how many job coaches are there? We have sometimes on a shift two people scheduled as a job coach, but mm-hmm. all of our staff functions in that position. Mm-hmm. So, so chef, yeah, everybody is, yeah. is equipped. Everybody's to equipped to, yeah. to help because some days we have maybe five interns on or four interns on at a time. So to make sure everybody has the support they need, we want them feeling very successful when they leave their shift. Yeah. So the key to that is the support system that's in place. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure that there's a, a huge net of support there when, yeah, just, I mean, you've a lot of pressures on you. You have to get good, clean food out to the people who show up and you have to do it on time, you know, at least yeah. a reasonable amount of time. Um, you also have to make a profit. So how does that work? Do the proceeds mostly go back into taking care of the house and, and all of the programs and opportunities there? Well, the amazing thing I've discovered is the nonprofit world supports a good cause. And I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting the cafe sales to carry the program. And when I realized there really wouldn't because our payroll is so high from all this extra support, we have really caught the attention of some, you know, major people supporting us. Mm -hmm. So Community Foundation is one avenue. They recently awarded us a $50,000 grant that's funding over two years. So the first payment came in January. And this really is a turnaround for us. Mm -hmm. I think it's one of our triumphs, if you will. Um, Because we did realize the cafe sales really are strong, but they're never going to get us where we need to go. We Mm -hmm. have a lot of goals set right now. Mm -hmm. We're getting ready to do some grab-and-go food at a a local market that's opening, a health food store. Mm -hmm. And so this is just going to help us employ and train more interns. Yeah. And it is at nonprofit. I worked for nonprofits for 10 years Mm -hmm. and it is, you have, you do kind of have to remind yourself, this is for the public benefit. This is for the public good. And with a, an eatery, I could imagine, I mean, costs for that are already so high, Yes, but then to have that component of support, job support in there would make it really high. So it is for the public good. Yeah. And that, that is one of our challenges too. And you had mentioned 
quick and timely food as well as, mm-hmm. you know, making it fabulous food. And that is one of our challenges, of course, is to get someone in and out on a lunch hour. Yeah. It may not work. But if if we know ahead of time, we can do that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Evan, have you seen lots of friends... Um, do you have a lot of friends that have kind of come in and gone out or friends that you have a, a good group of friends there? I've had a couple of friends come over, some to actually eat, mm-hmm. others to just come see me when they had to leave for something else. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, you're actually part of uh, what we call the enrichment program too, right? Yes, enrichment so that is more of the fun social part of the program. And the leader of that, Aaron, puts on some pretty good little parties in the evening and oh, games fun. and um, Halloween party was fun. It was a lot of fun. What happened at the Halloween party? I got to dress up as Jordan Ramsey. <laughs> <laughs> And that was, oh, and we crazy. and we put him in as a server. I don't know why we did that. <laughs> Gordon Ramsay as a server. I, w- I would say that was um, a monumental failure on our part not to put him in the kitchen the first day he was there. How'd you miss that opportunity? <laughs> what is it about Gordon Ramsay that that you like so much? I mean, sure, people. I mean, yeah, he's hard, like really strict towards people, and he's like very mean. <laughs> but I feel like that's just his way of showing kindness and mm-hmm. trying to show that they have potential, even if they don't feel like it. Mm-hmm. Really high standards. He pushes them. Yeah. yeah. Super high standards. Right. And I, I mean, honestly, I think any chef probably is like that. Yeah. He's mean because he cares. Yeah. That's what I think about him. Mm-hmm tell my kids that yeah <laughs> i mean thought. because i, I mean care. because i care it's Aww. perfect evan actually yeah, yeah totally so the food that i see you brought me a menu and i'm just feeling like i gotta get up there and and dine with you all um i see uh you have pasta from etto we which do. is a cool tie-in to a local product for sure we do, yes. I actually had a pasta machine left from my years at the Harmony Pasta Factory, mm-hmm. and I recently gave them that machine, and we traded for pasta. It's a really hard industrial um, task to make pasta. Yeah, and that's what I've heard. I really felt like I didn't want to do it anymore. It's yeah. you know really heavy bronze dyes. And there's a lot of torque on the machine, so you have to, you know, use special equipment to get the dyes off. And so, anyway, I gave them the pasta machine, and we started using their pasta. That's so, so cool. That's a good trade. And they actually have talked to our co-director, Anne-Therese, about hiring someone from our program, which mm-hmm. is pretty neat. That is very neat. So that's one of our next steps is to get people employed outside of Courtney's house. Mm-hmm. We've just trying to hire everybody off of our, mm-hmm. off of our interns list because we love everybody so much, yeah. but it's, you know, it's time to get them out there. Yeah. How long did you say it's been open in this format? 
uh, since 2016. Okay. So we're going on our fourth year right okay. now. Have you seen people leave and go into other positions? Yeah, actually our program manager, Aaron, uh, was working at Berry Hill Bistro before yeah. she came to us. And so Jody's also from Cambria. She's an old friend. So she ended up hiring Heather onto her staff mm. two days a week. And then Heather comes to us two days a week. Oh, cool. Um, Joe Bella Coffee Roasters. Uh, Joseph is interested in hiring someone. Mm-hmm. It, it's really about us now matching the right people to the right positions. Yeah. So we do have a few really good success stories. Mm. Uh, Matthew's another person who really grew amazingly with us. Um, Had very little work ethic when he came to us and not a lot of self-confidence. And uh, he has since moved on into a position that required him to write a resume and have an interview. And he got the job and he's moved on. So we have quite a few success stories. Um, Destiny's another young lady who three years ago, she would come in with her hair over her eyes and really didn't want to be there, just very shy and non-communicative. And she has just blossomed. She hosts, she helps serve drinks and helps servers with their shift. And she's just really blossomed. That's so wonderful to hear. And what do you think it is about food that's a good avenue for that? Oh, food is just like sitting around a table and it's it's like a good conversation. It's, um, you know, it sustains us. So, of course, we should put care into it, mm-hmm. like we should put care into relationships as well. So, yeah. And food, I mean, I come back to this all the time on here is everybody eats, everybody has to eat. So it is somewhat of a universal language. I mean, we, we need it to survive, but when it's more than just survival, that's when it gets really, really good. Yes, of course. Um, do you have regulars that come to the restaurant? Oh yeah. Yeah. Evan, do you have any that you see pretty regularly? Um, I know we have... This guy who comes in pretty much every Friday, he's always wearing like what seems like a wetsuit with like a little cap. Yeah. I think he's a cyclist. Oh, yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. In the spandex. Yep. Yeah. Lots of people, uh, carryovers from the Atascadero fig. Mm -hmm. I'm sure. A lot of us did, a lot of them did follow us there. Mm -hmm. And we, yeah, we have a lot of regulars. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking about that beautiful park there. Do a lot of people come in for picnic food or do they? Well, you were talking about doing a grab and go eventually. You know, we tried it, Yeah, the picnic thing, and it didn't take off. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of it is the wineries now have a chef and they right. become a destination for food and wine now. Mm-hmm. So a, a little bit of that market is... Um, Available, but I don't think it's a big market for restaurants anymore. Yeah. yeah. I think it's with us, it's just more come in and get that small town, mm-hmm. almost Midwestern feel right there. Yeah. You know? 
Yes. And is it still pretty Vic? I mean, I remember when I was at Penny's, it was kind of almost Victorian on the inside too. Yeah. Some ornate furniture and things. Is it still like Yeah, that? we took it down a little bit. It's more like a modern farmhouse yeah. feel inside. Yeah. Lovely. And have you, I mean, looking at the menu, there's so much. I'm looking at Moroccan food, um, food from Italy, food from the Southwest. Have you done a lot of traveling? I would say not a lot compared to people I know. Hmm. Um, I fell in love with really simple food in Paris, Hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. just the roast chicken and, you know, potatoes, Hmm. uh, cheese, of course. Um, I've traveled to almost all the states in the United States. Um, Well, that's a lot of travel. It is. One major trip did most of that, though, when I was young. We did a cross-country six-week camp trip with a teacher and eight other wow. eight other girls. It was pretty amazing. But my love for this kind of food really, well, they call it New American, of course, mm-hmm. or global cuisine, came from working at Big Sky for 12 years. You know, I can almost see the lineage of that is this style of food. Yeah. So Charles Myers was my boss for many years, and, you know, he taught everybody that worked there a lot about food, and he was one of the first uh, farm-to-table concepts, he and Robin Covey, probably the first two. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, I learned a lot about food. I didn't work in the kitchen, but just eating the food and Every time something new would come out, he would put a little post of, you know, where the food came from and how it was made. Which is completely unusual then. Yeah, very unusual. So we're talking Mm mid-90s. I've wanted to have him on here. Oh, He's so interesting. He's so, um, yeah, he's also just a learned, educated man when it comes to food. He knows the history of different dishes and cuisines. One time he... uh, had a question on the dry erase board and it said, whoever could tell me who Albert Camus is, uh, wins a free meal or something like that. And I came in and said, who's Albert Camus? (laughs) (laughs) You do not win. (laughs) Uh, No, but I learned a lot there. And, um, my husband's an artist. He actually ended up drawing a, a small portrait of Albert Camus and giving it to <laughs> to Charles just as uh, a joke, you know. Oh, that's anyway, charming. he's an important. He's kind of a godfather figure around here for this style of. I'm food. I'm glad everybody remembers that. Yeah, because oh, yeah. he retired. You know, probably what three or four years yep. ago. Right. So, right, Evan. As far as travel goes, I mean, does any of this food inspire you to want to? To see its roots, like this Moroccan chickpea and lentil stew, would you ever want to go to Morocco? I mean, I'll be honest and say that I've never thought about traveling to these places, Mm -hmm. but I feel like if I ever have the time, then it might be something I'll be interested in. Mm -hmm. Food and travel, yes. I think you would enjoy that. Yeah. I would love to go to Morocco. I know, same. So would I. Italy. When you're not working, what are you doing? I'm mostly, I'm either hanging out with my friends at the enrichment program, Mm -hmm. and if not, then I'll be at home taking care of my animals while my sister's off at work. Yeah. What animals do you have? We have one dog. Her name is Phantom. 
And we have a cat named Biscuit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> a food a food name. Yes. Biscuit. Yeah. That's awesome. You just got the dog recently, right? Did you did you rescue the dog or what's, what's um the story? I honestly don't know the whole story behind it. I just know I was home one day and all of a sudden my sister calls me to come outside the front yard. I was wondering why she comes home. I see the dog and I was like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> She's pretty cute. She is. But she can be a bit much, I'll say. Is she a pup still? Yeah, she's just over a year old. Yeah. Rambunctious. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then she needs you. <laughs> <laughs> she needs someone to help her out. Yeah, I'll say. Sure. Yeah. Um, so thinking about the foods, I don't know if you know this, but I ask everybody, what's the last thing that you want to eat? What's the thing that makes you feel your best or reminds you of a good memory or... Um, I don't know, that just tastes good to you. What would the last thing that you eat, what would you want it to be? I don't know. There are a lot of good options. Well, you told me you have five favorites. <laughs> five favorites from this menu, Okay, yes. tell me. The Frenchie, the Tuscan Sun, the roast beef. Mm. Uh, and you said harissa hash. The harissa hash, I yeah, said. Yeah. And the lemon poppy seed waffle. <gasps> With bacon? With bacon, yes. <laughs> On the side, yes. right? Oh my gosh, a lemon poppy seed waffle. I've never had, who's had such a thing? This sounds amazing. It's it really is, good. it's super good. And is it the only thing on the menu that says while they last? Because they go is. fast, right? It is, yeah. Yeah. And we just, we have one little waffle maker in the kitchen. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and who's on waffle duty? Is that you ever? <gasps> you no. make the batter though, right? Have you made the batter yet? I think once. I don't remember, actually. Oh, good. I, it's I still a, a secret. Good. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Crispy on the outside and cakey on the inside. Yeah. So I have a favorite that I make at home, and it's a really good, wholesome pad thai out of a vegetarian cookbook. I'm not really yeah. vegetarian, but I just crave this. I make it with tofu, mm. but we use fresh peanuts instead of peanut butter or yeah. any of the, you know, heavier sauces mm. and just that cilantro and sprouts and carrots and mm. ginger and garlic really, that would probably be my last meal and because it gets pasta in there too. Well, okay. So I was going to say, you're not doing something like zucchini noodles or no. anything like no, no, that. No, are no. you? Okay, good. The real deal. Yeah. Right. Is that from, um, is it a Deborah, Deborah Madison? It's recipe? not, uh, you know, it's just, it's vegetarian cooking. Mm-hmm. It's a really small cookbook with, um, lots of information in it, like mm. learning to be a vegetarian. Mm. And I got it probably 25 years ago when I worked at Sycamore Farms Nursery in, in, really? the, um, in the gift store there. But now it just, it just opens to that page. It's <laughs> like there's no other part of that book. It just, when it hits the table, it opens to that page. Oh, that's wonderful. And I've actually done variations of it, but my husband tells me every time, you just got to stick to that recipe. It's yeah. so good. Would you ever be willing to share that with us? I would. Okay, good. Yeah. Because that sounds For right sure. up my alley. I would do that. Awesome. Well, I hope that everything is just moving up and up all the time with 
with um, Fig at Courtney's house. It sounds like such a wonderful program, and I'm just... I'm chagrined that I haven't been up yet, but I will. Okay. I'll come soon. We're going to hold you to that. Yeah, you can do that. Okay. Thank you both for coming. Thanks. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much for listening to Consumed. It is a labor of love, and I appreciate anyone willing to give me their ears for an hour. Consumed is edited by Chris Lambert. If you have ideas for guests I should interview on Consumed, please visit the contact page at letsgetconsumed.com. And be sure to sign up for the Consume newsletter. Until next time, this is Jamie Lewis. Thanks for getting consumed with me. Mm-hmm.